you can imagine just moving to a different country or visiting a city with a where a different language is is is, is spoken and you're there and you listen to the language being spoken every day so after a while you start patterns start to emerge and you start to pick up a couple of words and then try to you you figure out like a complete sentence at some point Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Honest UX Talks. As always, I'm joined by my dear Anfisa, and today we're going to be tackling a very interesting topic and one that were, that that actually strikes a chord with us personally as well. The topic for today is transitioning to UX from a non-tech background. So I think we're in for some um, for an interesting exploration. But before we started, I would love to ask Anfisa, like always, how her week went. So Anfisa, how was your past week? Hello, everybody. Welcome on the next episode. Uh, my last week, uh, well, I think it was busy, like always, usually on the spring and on the autumn. The days are extremely busy. Summer, you have a bit more time. You're more relaxed. You can go out after work. But during the working months, I would call them so, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I don't have time to eat. Uh, and like, I cannot find a moment to even go to the shower sometimes. And I feel like, I don't know, guys, do you have the same problem? Or is it just me? Am I just going to die soon because I don't have time to, <laughs> to live normal life. I don't know. So it's crazy. Um, and next week is going to be more crazy because we will conduct at work around like, I think around eight or something like that, uh, usability testings. Um, and that's usually a very intense period when the, the whole team is like sitting and, and seeing the results of what we were <laughs> investing in our energy for like, I don't know, three last months. So it's like this culmination of the whole effort um, and honestly it's exciting but also very new racking oh and by the way last thing i wanted to mention is also that um, i will be talking at the Miro distribution conference i think it's happening on wednesday so probably i'm not sure if actually yeah i think maybe this episode will already go live on tuesday and i will be talking on wednesday so basically guys if you're listening to it it's probably tomorrow so feel free to join and I'm going to talk about uh, working remotely and how to make it more effective and how to grow as a designer while we are still online. That's it on my side. How about your week? How it went? That I just wanted to say that I completely understand the seasonality that you were talking about. I feel the same way of always the spring of months, like from February to April, May, and then autumn, uh, starting September, all the way towards November are like insane extremely busy and I always feel like when the year is close to ending that I'm like crawling towards the last days of the year I oh, have exactly I, I feel like I'm using my last powers remaining to just make it through the year and I'm just looking at I don't know I feel like I'm a castaway and looking for some piece of land to 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 just fall on <laughs> so I feel I think I don't think you're alone in it. I think that many people experience it. And I think we're in the middle of that right now. I don't know. I feel like it's like Christmas is just around the corner, although we're in October. <laughs> but that's, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's how I feel. Or at least I, I think I, I'm just looking forward towards that break. And in my case, the last week was, um, like always, filled with mental. My uh, UX bootcamp, we're doing a lot of things and over there. And I had a... 
interesting events that we hosted through our meetup group. If everybody wants to be in touch with our events, join our meetup group, Mental Design Academy. We've hosted an event around inclusive design and understanding and unpacking inclusive design. And then this week we had an event on uh, extended reality in UX design, uh, designing for AR, for VR and 3D design. So, and I just had like this week, I think the highlight for me was when um, our first student, um, Akiko, she comes from Japan. We had a call, a mentorship call. We, we meet on a weekly basis in our mentorship calls. And in this week's call, we didn't we weren't able to discuss the assignments or her progress through the curriculum because she was so grateful and so excited with the entire experience so far and so happy. And she had so many things to share, like the way she optimized her learning based on our tips. And she learns in the morning now, and that makes her super excited and way more productive. And um, and it's just, she, she showed she was very happy because she started like connecting to other students and they took the conversation in private and now they're friends and they're supporting each other on this journey. So I really feel like we're fostering the sense of community. And I don't know, I just, I just, I think I'm a very pessimistic person and I was, I had all the fears in the world and it's, it's really incredible that the, like the ideal that I had in mind when I started out building this bootcamp is starting to come to life and it's overwhelming and I really feel like an imposter sometimes but mm. it's just it's just I'm really happy that we're able to to make these people happy I'm very grateful that's mm -hmm. the note I want to start on and yeah so this is where we are today but let's see <laughs> how uh, how it all began for us um, in tackling the subject for today so uh, yeah. transitioning to UX from a non-tag background um, we have covered our transition stories in past episodes, but for the sake of uh, unpacking today's topic, I'd say we just sprint a little through um, how we transitioned and our backgrounds quickly, just to give uh, the listeners a, an overview or a perspective as to how technical we were when we started this transition. So, Anfisa, first of all, uh, do you have a technical background? Um, how was the transition with oh the background or technical perspectives that you had in the beginning? Maybe share a little of your personal story. <laughs> yeah, it's a painful story, to be honest. I mean, I'm probably like many of you guys. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I know that there's kind of still common to come from like technical background to UX, and that's amazing. I love when developers are transitioning to UX because they feel maybe painful there for some of the design decisions. So I love when this happens, but I feel like still most of the people are coming from non technical backgrounds, and I feel the pain really, really strongly together with them. Um, for me personally, it's been a huge, huge problem all the time, I think, up until maybe just even yet last year. And I'm in design for from 2012, so it's like nine years. So for eight years, I'm still experiencing issues with not exactly understanding the technical world, still a lot of the times Googling things that people are talking about. Uh, to start from, I must say that I'm coming from the very artistic family. So my parents are architects and they were drawing all the time. And they were also sending me to like drawing classes when I was three years old. So all my life, I was like preparing myself to be sort of an artist, right? 
Um, and so, yeah, I was painting, taking like academical drawing classes, uh, drawing all those still nature stuff and aquacolor and stuff like that. Uh, and then when I was enrolling my background university, which is interior design, I had to not pass maybe some classes or like exams about inter- interior design or architecture. I had to pass classes on drawing. All my world was about drawing. So uh, for a person coming from a very artistic background, it's very like technology was always, it's not my thing. I remember at school, we had this information uh, technology class and I couldn't pass it. I was really bad at it. And my mom was even coming to school and saying like, hey, why do you like pressure my daughter to pass this class? She doesn't need this. She's an artist and to come on. <laughs> and now like fast forward, uh, like, 15 years or even how much, 20 years later, I'm like, oh boy, I'm actually doing that. It's my work right now. So it's crazy to think about it. But I was always very, very non-tech savvy person. So then when I started studying interior design, I was like, oh, I'm studying it because I couldn't, you know, even enroll to university of architecture because it's too much math, it's too much logics, it's too complicated for me. I will never be able to do that. So I was even intentionally selecting more artistic profession. And then fast forward again, if you have listened to the first episode we have recorded almost one year ago, actually more than one year ago, I already mentioned that um, it was an accident that I have enrolled the master's degree um, about user-centered design, which appeared to be a lot about technology. And I was not aware of that when I just did that. So when I enrolled to university and we started having classes on engineering, on calculations, on the math, I was shocked. (laughs) First thing I was shocked about what is user-centered design. I was just planning to build furniture and just, you know, prototype stuff from the cardboard. But then when we started having classes on, I think it was called something like um, engineering mechanics or something like that, I was just like, I was... I was. I knew I had a horrible uh, imposter syndrome, but it was like doubled already. Um, so we had the classes, and I remember sitting at the at one of the classes, and everybody is so tech savvy around me, uh, and most of my classmates were Estonians, and they're pretty tech savvy. Uh, probably, I don't know if you have heard about Estonia, but it's a very like IT country. Every second person has their like pet peeve project. Everybody would have some sort of startup. They actually have electronic voting for the president back in 2000 i think like five or something i'm sorry if i'm mistaken the date but it's like they are very it oriented and i'm sitting there in the class of this applied something mechanical engineering and i'm like i can't even i don't even know how to type things (laughs) like and they are saying like yeah just copy paste it and move it to the next page and blah blah and i'm like how do you copy paste things i don't know how to use keyboard here (laughs) Like, I felt so bad. Uh, People are looking at me like I'm super dumb. Like, you don't know how to use keyboards? You don't know how to use shortcuts? Like, come on, you're you're, you're in master's degree. I'm not even talking about, you know, passing those classes. Because this where I was like, my strategy was to join people uh, for teamwork who were actually having like mechanical and technical background. And so they will basically do the work and I will just present it. But as I started having clients... And started working on like different IT projects. First, it was more artistic. So the the guys were reaching me out and asking like, we just need the logo, or we just need the pitch deck, or we just now need some UI, like a classic story, right? We just need some visuals. 
But as you advance and you're in your profession and you start learning more things and you start realizing that taking orders as a designer and just push pixels is not going to take you far, <laughs> you need to start learning to understand the technology. Because if you're having like a conversation about the strategy, about the product, about how do we drive it, how do we build it in a timely manner within the constraints, you do need to know how things are working so you can actually uh, make the arguments, right? You can actually bring the valid points and not sit there and like clipping your eyes and like saying, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. So you naturally start realizing that it's important for you to start understanding the technology. And like I said, it took me many more years to start understanding it. First, I guess I started from understanding the front end a bit better. Webflow helped me a lot to wrap my head around it because when I looked at the code itself, it was like a nightmare to me. I didn't know. It's like, it's too complicated. It's too tacky. I'm afraid. I'm not going to even try it. Of course, I'd had some classes about basic HTML and CSS. But when it came to like making something beautiful, I was like, I'm running out. I can't do that. <laughs> However, um, yeah, when there was this, I think in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, I have explored uh, or found out about the tool Webflow. I was like, this is exciting. This is exactly what I need. And first I started trying to understand it. It was still very complicated and I wasn't able to build anything. But every next year it was easier and easier. Like 2016, I was able to build something very basic first. Like tools like Webflow helped me understanding the basics, the logics. And many people can argue that that's not code, right? It's not technical. It's not that you know the code. And I don't say I'm not, I know the code. But at least for me now, I do understand what it takes to build that element. Uh, what are the constraints? What are the elements? You know, what is div? What is margins, paddings, and small things like that? You need to speak technical language to explain what you want to achieve. And it's better to make, to know this language so you're effective. And then the last thing I guess I wanted to mention throughout this journey is um, the biggest and the most hard thing for me was to try to understand the backend uh, engineering because that part was a complete foreign planet to me. <laughs> I had no clue how to do things. So when I joined Citrix, my current company, I was uh, sort of allocated to work with integrations and to build products with integrations, you need to understand how basic things like API integrations, tables, uh, relationships between data work. And again, that was a new world to me. And that's why that's a part of the reason why I felt like a huge, huge imposter when I joined the company, because I never dealt with that. I had never understood it. Uh, and another final thing that helped me was again no code tool called Brava Studio uh, because I wanted to build something real with real data but I was not able to invest into understanding you know the whole hardcore stuff right I couldn't take courses I didn't have energy for that and, and I was not necessarily interested but I wanted to build things quickly and so again no code tool that doesn't let you enter the whole world of details just like give you the simple tool and it's very quickly that you understand or you realize here is how you connect to apis here is what kind of data you can push and send and receive and here are the things you can do so to, to conclude basically i am very not tech person and it's a huge journey and i believe that there are people who can enter this world and try to understand it pretty quickly like i don't know one year two years for me it's like eight years to still learn it uh so that's about my story 
tell me about your story. I'm pretty sure you have had some of the similar struggles I had. Definitely. I had very similar struggles. I really resonated with a lot of what you shared from your journey. Thank you for sharing um, such an intimate perspective on the struggles you had when... Uh, when transitioning, and I can totally relate with that. Um, I remember my early days as a UX designer. I was working in ING Bank and a digital team and um, the development um, organization was working in Agile as a framework. And um, we had to meet on a weekly basis at the same table, the designer with the product managers and the development uh, teams and um, I remember sitting in those meetings and like not understanding a word sometimes. <laughs> it felt like I was like not just an imposter, but just somebody who didn't even speak the same language. So it was it was completely confusing, but I just and at, and at some point in the in the early days, I was making immense efforts to understand everything that was being uh, discussed, and I was just so concentrated, and my head hurt all the time because I just couldn't make anything out of all that uh, ex all those exchanges happening. But then after a while, I just gave up, and I was there, and I just did my design part, and explain the design solutions the rationale behind them and everything but when it comes to when it came to the technical parts i would just zoom out and i don't know think about holidays or whatever uh, something else so I, I it's not a recommendation i'm making don't do that it's it's best if you really understand what's going on and how the systems work and um, it's really even for building a strong relationship, a trust relationship with the developers, it really helps to speak their language, to understand the dictionary, the vocabulary, if you want, that they use. Uh, so, yeah, definitely invest time in that. But we will be touching a bit more in one of the follow up questions. Um, yeah, I just re and another funny thing that I remember is that I was sitting with a very good um a uh, colleague of mine, a good dear friend, she was also uh, a bit, um, yeah, let, let's say confused by all the slang that developers used. And we actually had like our way of, of lightening up the day or making fun together when we were just the two of us. We just used the slang that developers use, but without knowing what it means. And so we were talking about things like, hey, maybe we can look it in the, maybe we can do, when you can look it up in the elastic search. <laughs> And then, and and we just had fun, like using Python and saying all these kinds of words oh. randomly. So it was like a small game that we played between us. Nice. So UX designers can also bond using the <laughs> the vocabulary of developers. Um, we we sure did. Uh, but yeah, what I'm trying to get at is uh, where I'm trying to get at is that. For most designers that don't have a technical background, so specifically for designers that didn't come from a web development or or a, an, yeah a back end position or a front end position or who don't understand coding, it's really it's pretty much I think the same experience that you don't really speak those the the language and it feels like um, there's so much complexity that you'll never be able to grasp and it's just discouraging and I think that it's um it's um it's pretty common now um 
still, I would say don't get discouraged. Uh, it's it's valuable. The, the question would be, but do you need to speak that language or can you just transition without necessarily understanding what Elasticsearch is or what, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Um, I had I had like a list of funny words that they were using incessantly and we just popped uh, picked uh, picked funny words from their list and, and oh randomly, my. yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't even know what is Elasticsearch. Now I have to Google it. <laughs> um, yeah, so getting back, but do you need, as as a designer, do you actually yeah. need to understand all this or not? And uh, what are your thoughts around it? And maybe there are two parts to this question. Do you need to understand the, all the technical terms and all this uh, world of, of uh, development? Um, do you need to know it? And also um, how difficult it is if you don't? Can you still be a good designer if you don't understand all this? So how much time should one invest in actually yeah. uncovering? Because it, it's pretty much a different role. It's a different job. So is it worth it, like spending so much time trying to uh, understand it? So um, what are your yeah. thoughts around these two perspectives? Yeah, I mean, I think from our conversation, it became clear that you kind of do but my my main point here is that it's like, please, no pressure. <laughs> like you don't have to, as you are, let, let's say if you're a junior designer and you're transitioning to UX, you don't know, you don't need to know it all right away. You don't need to transition already being able to code things and uh, create tables and connect things and stuff like that. You are not supposed to do this, jo this job. You can take your time at this. And in my opinion, uh, well, we all know this, right? Designers don't have to code. However, it's nice. <clears throat> I mean, it's not nice to code, but it's nice to understand the basics of it. So that's the bottom line. Uh, I I didn't feel like I need to know the code. I was blissfully ignoring it for a while as I was working with the startups. And I was almost also like ignoring when things were kind of complicated. I was like, you guys talk and I will join later when you have some decision. <laughs> But now I feel like it was my omission and I missed out on bringing up my points and maybe sometimes we were making more poor decisions, poorer decisions for the users. So, I mean, as you are learning, as you are growing, as you're becoming a more stronger personality and a designer, I think uh, at some point you'll have to start understanding it, giving yourself time to kind of understand it, maybe taking super basic courses, maybe even like basic courses on Udemy. You don't have to really do practical projects. I mean, it would be nice, but you don't have to. And you don't have to, I don't know, become like this savvy, tech-savvy person who knows it all, who can build anything. That's not the goal. He, the goal is to, A, understand super, like, super basics, even the principles, how it works, uh, what are the fundamentals, what are the building blocks of it, and how it is on gen in general connected. But you don't have to you know, know the logics and how to tweak things and how to hack things and even to build things. You don't really have to do this. All you have to do is to try to understand it slowly at your own time, at your own tempo, um, you know, those basics. Uh, and like I said, for me personally, I think the no-code tools for some reason helped a lot. And I know that people will still say, like, this is not code, blah, blah, blah. But again, it helps just to understand the basics in your in the easier format for you personally, where you are maybe afraid or scared to look at the code and trying to make sense of it. Um, so my bottom line is that you 
don't don't expect too much from yourself and especially when you see uh some job positioning uh, the job positions where it says like oh you have to be user experience designer and you have to know how to code and you have to master it blah blah eh, that is bullshit sorry for my language but you don't have to do that especially as a junior designer but it's as you grow it would be nice because uh, i now realize after building few projects in a no-code tools, as <laughs> a full disclaimer here, uh, I now realize a bit better what things are made of and where we make decisions. At least I can more confidently say those tech words. <laughs> sometimes I will miss. I mean, maybe sometimes I would say something that doesn't make sense. It, I'm aware that I can look stupid, but it's better to do that and slowly, slowly build your knowledge, build your no confidence, um, so that you can, again, become a better and stronger team member in the future and on the conversations have valid arguments. Uh, but it helps to have husbands of your engineer who you can <laughs> come to and say, what these guys are talking about? Can you give me a little lecture here? Um, yeah, so if you have any developer friends, it would be nice <laughs> to, to ask them those stupid questions. Yeah, I also feel like um, you, you, you kind of need to have a, like a baseline of an understanding uh, and also not be afraid to ask questions when you don't know something that's really important that's something that I did not do in my early encounters with developers so if they were to use some sophisticated term for something I would never like stop and hey sorry can you please pause there and explain what that is and how it works at least high level this is something that I would definitely do today even if it's it you would assume that it's harder to admit after seven years as a UX designer that you don't know something I feel like for me it became easier to admit when I don't know something because I feel like um, it doesn't show ignorance or it doesn't show like you won't look stupid but you will actually like save uh, um, problems that might appear later when you when you continue without understanding understanding something that's happening however um, an important distinction that I want to make here is that I think that there are we've been focusing a lot about the vocabulary that developers uh, use like generally uh, speaking the tech terms tech vocabulary of um, of the development coding world but that's not the only uh, let's say um, how do you call it when it's like um, in the same language that's not only dialect that uh, that we need to speak so we will also be learning technical ux terms and we will also be learning technical or not so technical but general tech terms so i think that there are like three categories um that so on on the one hand the very very technical uh, 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 parts which usually are associated with coding but also in ux design you need to like understand terms like I this topic actually was brought up by one of the followers uh and i think he mentioned that he always had to google words like SaaS and like even just like marketing stuff you know sometimes it's it's again it's a new industry you have to enter and you don't know what kind of industry it is it's fine i remember like crm systems also or cms what is that 
I don't know, all those things. So that's exactly where I was trying to get at. So um, you you do have to build an understanding of general tech terms like SaaS, for example. That's something that you might need to know uh, and understand what, what it is. But also you will need to build an understanding, as I was trying to give some examples for UX terms, like, for example, understand what eye tracking means or understand what, um, I don't know, card sorting means or... Uh, A/B testing or anything of those lines uh, along those lines. So um, you will be building uh, a tech vocabulary either way, e- even if you don't have the technical background. So you will be learning the language as a UX designer, and also you do need to kind of understand the general tech um, tech terms like I don't know accessibility, for example, is something that you need to to unpack and and understand what it refers to or or stuff along those lines. So I think that even if you come in like a blank slate with no prior um, vocabulary, you will build it and um, you'll build it on different pillars, uh, different dialects, as, as I said earlier. And I think that it's, it's our responsibility uh, to do that as designers. So on one hand, it comes naturally as you go, as you expose yourself to in different situations, various projects, various teams, various products industries and so on but also i think that we need to do the homework because otherwise there will be a communication gap between us and not just the developers but sometimes even between business stakeholders if they're talking about something general uh tech um, generally tech so um yeah i think that we do need to put in some effort um especially if we don't come from the tech background to understand like um when somebody says jira what, what is Jira? What that product does, right? Because it's something that's like pretty common in the in the tech industry, and you need to like un- understand what it is, what it does, at least high level. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think my point is that you we do need to cover these gaps. So my question is, you uh, you touched briefly upon that, but how can one cover those gaps? How can we fill in the gaps that we have if we don't have the technical background? already uh what can we actually do yeah um well i think we kind of mentioned a couple of tips but i can try try to sort of frame them into more like bullet points and takeaways um in a more i guess concise way so for me personally as the designer who was completely from the different world things that helped and again i'm just going to talk from my experience i'm pretty sure there could be other experiences for perspectives and so for me personally, uh, what really helped was to not ignore it like I was doing. And that's probably why I'm I'm taking like years to get to, to build my understand it. So try to not ignore. I mean, actually, to be honest, I know that it could be a lot as you enter the profession. So maybe ignore it as you feel like it's overwhelming. But as soon as you feel like you kind of understood some maybe technology, basics things, right? Maybe even like uh, IT world like things like SaaS and CRMs and all of that. <laughs> As you understood UX terminology and basic IT terminology, and you feel like you're ready for the next challenge, that's maybe when you can start to overwhelm yourself with this new world of IT. And maybe that could be another uh, challenge to you, <laughs> to your professionality um, as you go. So I feel like 
as you start feeling like you have those gaps in you, in order to be a better designer, you need to fill those in. That's when you maybe can overwhelm yourself with this extra information and start asking those questions. And so the list of the tips would be next for me personally. Um, so engaging with the technical people, with the engineers, with the developers, and not being afraid to ask those questions. And though I know it sounds much easier than it is in practice, but I think, honestly speaking, not being afraid to admit that maybe you don't know something uh, and maybe even sometimes look silly and laugh that, oh, you know what, <laughs> I still don't know this. Just asking those questions in whatever format you prefer, but admitting that you don't know something is actually a strong of, uh, of it's a sign that you're a stronger person and, and, a, and, a prof- and a better professional rather than somebody who ignores it and prefers to not even understand it and say, it doesn't matter. I'm a designer. I don't need to know those things because like we established a couple of times on this show already, uh, design is a pretty cross-functional uh, profession and you, you want it or not, if you want to be a good designer, you'd have to collaborate with different teams, different perspectives and knowing their language and understand them and having some sort of empathy for those different um, divisions is important for you to master your skill and make your points clear, right? Now, another thing I would recommend is again, and that's my personal take on this, maybe not a good take for many people, but for me, no code tool helps a lot because they show the same technical information, but in a more design friendly way. <laughs> the more interface we're used to, right? When you have those tools on the left and on the right, and you just click and uh, they, they they work. You don't have to write the code. For me, that was a really easy transition to to understand those basics. I think it's also helpful to start cultivating an interest towards it, meaning that as you feel like you're you know something in this industry already, maybe taking like extra courses, watching some even YouTube videos. Videos, just trying to understand the basics and trying to have this extra interest. Maybe even like, for example, uh, for me personally, what helped is to have my pet projects. And so building the landing pages on the web flow, just in order to understand how do you build pages um, and then understand, okay, how, how those sections are working, how the transition between works and stuff like that. Um, even sometimes looking into the code, the actual written code, to see, okay, how can I make it better? Okay, let me find some JSON and copy paste it, etc. And try to understand what is it made of, you know, some basics like that. But yeah, having like side projects helped a lot as well. Uh, so cultivating a genuine interest towards technology, starting your own pet projects could help you to sort of strengthen your basics. Um, and let me see, I think that's it on my side. Uh, but I think, yeah, the key is to not stress yourself too much about it until you're ready to take this information and then start in taking it slowly at your own time at your own tempo but not being afraid to ask those questions that would be the key even though i know it sounds it sounds much easier than uh, much easier said than done i think <laughs> any tips you would like to share here as well maybe just build a little on your first point of engaging with the uh, with the technical people i from my personal experience i want to share something in my current job uh, at UiPath, I uh, have my, uh, let's say, physical office back when that was a thing. <laughs> I had my physical office um, like in the same room with the development team. So I was exposed and many times engaged in all their conversations all day, every day. And so this was, this really helped me immensely. So by spending time with, um, it's like, 
you can imagine just moving to a different country or visiting a city with a, where a different language is, 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 is spoken and you're there and you listen to the language being spoken every day. So after a while, you start patterns start to emerge and you start to pick up a couple of words and then try to you you figure out like a complete sentence at some point i'm also working on a very technical product so that i had to have an accelerated uh learning and growth on on the technical side um technical understanding but this really really helped me so being around developers and trying to uh eavesdrop on their conversations and um and even interfering when I didn't understand something, like like I said earlier, yeah, was extremely, extremely helpful for me. And it really helped me quickly learn, pick up the language and be able to like have a conversation at least, not, not like you say, not necessarily build solutions like they can build, but just have the um, a shared understanding of what we're talking about, which I think is like the most important. So when, 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 designers ask do i need to code and when when this conversation appears again and again because many designers feel like they need to learn coding to become a ux designer i don't think they do but i think that there's an incredible power to understanding coding um at least high level uh in in that it helps you communicate better with with the technical teams, which is an immense advantage as a designer when you're trying to advocate and negotiate solutions. And um, it, it really makes you a stronger, uh, well-rounded designer. So I think that, um, yes, working on your book, and it can also be a very small tip of something that I used to do. I, I would just like look over web design uh, over development dictionaries online so just look up i don't know all the web design terms or uh, in this case code the coding terms you need to know and then i would go through those lists that are online and just see oh i know what this means oh but this is new i didn't know it and and it just fam family familiarize yourself with all these words and um and yeah i think uh i think this is this is something that keeps coming up in our conversation but like a last point that i want to make is that it's not like um sine qua non if, if i said it right it's a latin saying you can be a designer without understanding all the technical words all the technical stuff you the the role of a, of a designer is to actually solve problems and to apply the ux process which is really different from coding or of actually building a solution so we we design solutions we don't necessarily need to build them in our roles but yes i think that it's it's really an advantage if you're able so if you're able to do all of these things you'll be like um let's say more hireable or or more valuable um in, in what you can in the value sure. you can you can bring to to your client yeah. or your team or everything so yeah, yeah um and with that being said i would like i would move into the top three findings for today if uh if you want to do that of course um well actually i feel like we have covered most of the things in our last part right when we said about those tips and where why is it important right but i'd like to maybe just strengthen a little bit more on those similar tips and just say that um like you basically you just said this uh, sentence like we don't need to code we don't need to be developers it's not expected from designers designers key power is to solve problems creatively sometimes innovatively if needed uh, but yeah understanding and solving problems that's our 
key uh key power keys i don't know superpower secret sauce whatever we call it <laughs> not coding coding is not our part but it makes you an extremely powerful team member a uh, good communicator if you know how to speak those different languages. Uh, now it makes me think that, you know, it would be nice if developers would also speak some design language as well, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> uh, so I guess my first key takeaway is that you don't have to code, but it makes you an extremely powerful teammate um, and good communicator to know those languages. My second point would be, I guess I will repeat myself here, but is to take it at your own time. Don't stress out. If you don't know something, that's totally normal. Not You're not expected to know it. It's nice, but you don't expect, expect it. You are not paid for that, basically. <laughs> so take your own time and cultivate the interest at your own way, in your own way. And I really like your point about engaging with the technical people, sitting there with them, literally in the same room and asking them those questions. Sometimes when you are collaborating, and actually the key here and my takeaway here is in collaboration with technical people, because... When you sit on those brainstorming meetings, when you're trying to figure out the solution to a complicated problem or issue, uh, and everybody speaks their own languages, you start building up the knowledge, the understanding. And in context, it's so much easier than, uh, you know, sometimes even Googling the word and trying to understand another technical language within this technical language. So sometimes in a context, when you already fully understand the problem and you're trying to solve it, and somebody starts saying those smart words, you can map them right on this problem and try to build this notion based on the problem. It's easier. It's more contextual. So in the conversation, in collaboration, uh, it might be a smoother way to understand and build those notions. And let me think if there is any other third point I wanted to say. I mean, probably as, as I was talking about it a lot, I would say that if it's complicated for you and if you just Google things and it doesn't make sense to you, if the words don't stick in your head... <laughs> As you read the descriptions uh, on the Google, maybe try no-code tools. For me, it was like the easiest way to, to try to understand it because I was able to build it right practically and I was able to see the result and I was able to um, Google, but also visually see how it works. Uh, but also, again, as I Googled it, I was able to build those notions and map them on my visual map, on my visual no-code uh, interface <laughs> that helped me to see, oh, this is... This is about it. Okay, now I see what that section means and what interaction means and how do you uh, create this effect uh, in also technical way. <laughs> so yeah, those would be my points. I wonder if you have anything to add here. Actually, I do. Um, not much because you've covered a lot of things, but I just want to extra say that um, I think it's valuable uh, to spend time around technical people. That's my top advice that's what helped me the most um i also feel like um i'm just continuing i think your second point the second point that you made give yourself time it's okay if after your first year as a ux designer you don't understand everything when something technical is being discussed that's sometimes it happens after more years uh, even more years so give yourself time don't don't judge your value as a ux designer in relation to how many technical terms you know and how how well you master them because it's there are these are let's say separate animals or separate skill sets if you want uh, definitely you'll be a better collaborator but that's one aspect of being a ux designer it's a very important one but it's just one part you could be a great ux researcher without understanding what 
um, uh, Jason is. And I just remember that I know what Jason is. The one that I didn't know is Jenkins. Jenkins oh, was being know that. <laughs> was being thrown around a lot in my in my first job. And this is the word that I was really laughing with my friends about because it sounds like it's like this uh, wizard that's called Jenkins. And every time we hear it, we just imagine this little cartoon. <laughs> cartoon or somebody just a wizard or a detective or something that's very very funny yeah so jenkins uh, was the word that i was trying to recover not jason um okay and yeah and i think that i just want to end this show on a very positive note and encourage everyone regardless of their background to explore transitioning into ux design i think that most backgrounds we have many episodes i think about it not just one but we, this comes up in our conversations often. Um, many backgrounds offer transferable skills, even if they're not like technical transferable skills. You can you can leverage your experience and your and your education and everything you've accumulated in in different ways in the design process. Because the design work is very versatile, so it's not just um, I don't know coding and building like a solution. That's not everything to it. it it's even more about exploring the problem space and understanding and unpacking problems. So uh, definitely don't get discouraged. It's a it's a nice thing to have, but it's you can definitely, you're going to probably, so I think, not sure if we managed to answer whether it's a whole lot more difficult to, um, to transition from a non-technical background. I don't think it's necessarily more difficult. I think some aspects might be more difficult, but again, my top takeaway is you can definitely do it you can transition to ux design even if you don't come from a technical background and you don't speak the language yet you learn it so everyone thank you for tuning in thank you for listening to another episode of honest ux talks remember if you want to support us just leave a review on any platform you want anywhere you want and follow us on instagram as honest ux talks and what would also be great is if you have a podcast episode topic idea if you have an idea for what we should talk about just write it or write it on instagram or write it directly to anfisa or to myself ux goodies anywhere you want just send us ideas because we want to have conversations that are valuable and meaningful and that makes sense relevant Relevant. exactly that was the word i was looking for and so yes (laughs) uh send us your ideas and uh, make sure to follow us and Uh, go check out other episodes if you haven't already and yeah um anfisa if you do you want to add anything else now no no i just wanted to say thank you so much guys for listening we really appreciate your time and hope that we are making it at least somehow valuable to you so yes thank you so much (laughs) bye